to the book of Ecclesiastes tonight. And uh, uh, yes, I, I I can tell that I send out prayer chain updates, but you probably don't get them. But uh, brother uh, David is not much change; he's about the same, and uh, still got his uh, uh, still got the uh, the breathing or the vent still on forty percent, and uh, not much change there really. And of course, Marla, Sister Marla's at home. She got to come home, and uh, and uh, she's doing real good. She's home with oxygen, but she is home, and uh, and everything's a lot better there. Zeb's sitting back there, and uh, so uh, and uh, Renee is sitting back there. She's got to go back to Vanderbilt in the morning, and. Uh, just uh, hopefully not staying, just going, but you pray for her. Good to see her here tonight. And uh, good to see all of you here tonight. All right, let's turn to Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 1. And uh, I probably done said this, but uh, this is one of my favorite books in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, because it kind of gets down to where we are all living. Let me uh, clear up a mistake I made last week when I were talking about those uh, implants that uh, ready to go, and uh, it's just like it. Uh, uh, now you can speak into your uh, remote, and it'll change the channel. Well, that's not good enough. Now they've come up with a with an implant, and you don't even have to speak it. If you think it, the channel will change. And uh, and I the mistake I need to correct on that. Is uh, it wasn't Bill Gates? It was uh, Elon Musk, is the one that's pushing that. And says it'd be ready to go in six months, and uh, I don't, I don't. I'm kind of leery about that fella anyway. I don't know a lot about him, but uh, something about him just don't strike me just right. Uh, all right, let's start in verse 16, just for a good place to start. And he said, uh, Solomon said, I commune with my own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate. And have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. Uh, now this will be worldly wisdom. Uh, is what we're talking about here. Solomon had a lot of worldly wisdom. Now later on, he gets he gets heavenly wisdom. Uh, but uh, right now, he's just got worldly wisdom, and we know that because. Heavenly wisdom don't lead you to have 700 wives and 300 concubines. And uh, heavenly wisdom does not uh, lead you to do the things that he's done here uh, in chapter 2 we're about to get into. Uh, the Bible said uh, that, uh, that sin is always a madness. Uh, dope, drinking, sexual perversion... Uh, it's all madness. He says that here in verse 17. He's saying, I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. And uh, really, you know, the Bible talks about somebody that's unsaved and living in sin to the full extent. Uh, the Bible talks about them not being in their right mind. You remember that man, Mark 5, that had all them devils and, and uh, the Bible said Jesus had him sitting and clothed and in his right mind. But before that, uh, he was doing things that didn't make a whole lot of sense. Don't make a whole lot of sense to you know shoot your body full of dope. It's going to run your mind, your kidneys, uh, everything else. It's madness. Uh, don't make much sense to drink yourself uh, way above the limit and get in a car and run 100 mile an hour down the road. Don't make much sense. Uh, you remember Rodney King, he got on that dope. I think that's who it was, and he was going down the road, a high rate of speed. And they stopped him, pulled him over, got him out. And he said, why can't we all just love each other and get along? Well, we can if you'll quit uh, doing dope and quit driving 100 mile an hour down the road. Uh, we'll get along a whole lot better. But it's madness. It's madness. Uh, you know, Jerry Lee Lewis just died, and he was called the killer. And... Uh, I never had heard why they called him the killer. I thought it was because his music playing. 
But they said when he was about 19 that he was in a bar and they got in a fight over a woman and he took a guy's necktie off and would have killed him if they hadn't pulled him off of him. He was choking the guy to death with his own necktie. And so he got the nickname The Killer. Uh, he married his 13-year-old cousin and I think altogether he was married like nine times. Uh, madness. Uh, crazy. Uh, they asked him though, uh, right before, uh, not too long before he died, they asked him in a, when uh, him and Mickey Gilly and Jimmy Swaggart were all together for a reunion and the news reporter asked him, said, which one of y'all uh, is the best? And Jerry Lee Lewis said without hesitation, he said, Jimmy. Because he said he, he took them to Jesus. He got them to Jesus and they got help. He said all we did was get them excited. Uh, so at least, you know, he answered, answered good on that. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Bible said here that Solomon said it's a madness. It's a madness. And it is. You look at the world, look at all that's uh, going on, and it's just, it's just crazy. Uh, verse 18 again, uh, the Bible said, For much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. There is an old saying, what you don't know won't hurt you. That's not always true. Uh, there is some truth to it, uh, but it's not always true. Uh, if you don't know you got cancer, it will hurt you. Uh, if you don't uh, know you got some physical thing going on, it will hurt you. Uh, so it's not true in that sense. But in the other sense, it's hard to worry about what you don't know. You didn't worry much when you was uh, growing up young, and you didn't worry much because you didn't know nothing. And uh, you didn't worry about the light bill or car payment or groceries or getting laid off. Somebody else done the worrying for you. You didn't know nothing about it. And, uh, you know, you enjoy church a lot more, less you know. Ain't that right? When you first get saved, you think everybody's wonderful. Everybody loves Jesus. Uh, everybody, you know, loves everybody. Of course, you can't stay that way. Just like you can't stay a kid, you can't stay that way spiritually. You have to grow. And as you begin to grow, uh, you find out everything ain't exactly like you thought it was. And uh, when all you knew was that Jesus came, He died on the cross, He rose from the dead, He saves people, when that's all you know, you probably enjoyed it a lot more than you do now if you know a lot of the doctrines and things of the Bible. But you need to know them. Uh, but uh, the more you know, the more, uh, the more responsibility comes with it. And uh, so that's just the way it goes. And so He says, with much wisdom... Uh, is much grief. I always thought the uh, the Amish, the Mennonites, uh, I always figured they probably didn't worry about a lot of stuff that some of us worry about. Now this later generation, they got TVs, radios, cars, cell phones, so it probably ain't like that no more. But that old generation, they didn't have the outside worldly connection. Uh, but I'm sure they had their own worries. Uh, so that's the way it is. Uh, you you didn't didn't you enjoy the world a lot more before you knew how it was, and uh, that's the way it is. And if you live on social media and keep up with all that's going on, you put yourself through misery because half of it ain't true, and the other half it is true. You can't do nothing about it, and uh, so it's. Uh, he says, with much wisdom is much grief, and he that increaseth knowledge increaseth sorrow. Uh, so on the other hand, if you're stupid, you got sorrow too. I mean, if, if you don't know nothing, uh, you can have some sorrow the same way. Uh, so of course he's talking about all this looking at it under the sun. Now that finishes us up in chapter 1. We'll step over into chapter 2. And uh, the Bible said, I said in my heart, go to now, and I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasures, and behold, this is also vanity. Remember last week we said vanity was a bubble that bust. 
vanity is what the ladies sit in front of and fix their hair and their makeup and everything. Uh, it's called a vanity. And the Bible said of man, not in his worst state, but at his best state. The Bible said he's altogether vanity. Uh, Psalm 39, 4, Lord, help me to know my end, what it is to measure my days, that I might know how frail that I am. They'll make us my life as a hand breath. So you go to the psychic and she reads your hand and says you're going to live to be 60 years old or 70 years old. That's where that comes from, how that verse. Ain't nothing to it, uh, but that's where it comes from. It said, Thou makest my life as a hand breath. My age is as nothing to thee. Don't matter if you're 90 or 9. You can still leave this world. Uh, amen? Uh, Solomon, uh, so what he's going to do now is he's going to set out to prove what life is all about. And he's not the only one that ever tried that. It's, uh, it's been many tried before him and after him. And uh, Solomon's not, Solomon's, uh, the Bible said, Solomon now speaks in his heart, which is much more serious than in your head. You say, what do you mean? Well, all my ministry, I've heard people say they was atheists, they didn't believe in God. But most of them were saying it from their head. Try to get some attention to try to startle somebody. But the Bible said in Proverbs 14.1, The fool is said in his heart, there is no God. Big difference. Uh, big difference in saying something with your head and saying something with your heart. So Solomon sets out to prove what life is all about. And he does so under the sun by three means. And uh, we can find it over in John. John uh, chapter 2, verse 15. The Bible said, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. And the love of the Father is not in these things. So uh, that's what he does. He don't realize that's what he's doing. But the lust of the flesh. He starts out, he said, I'm going to enjoy pleasure. And I'm going to give my heart to wine, lust of the flesh. Uh, then the, the uh, lust of the eyes. He says down in verse 9, uh, I think it is, no, verse 10, he said, whatever my eyes desired, I got it. Lust of the flesh, wine, things of the flesh, uh, lust of the eye, whatever I've seen, I got it. The pride of life. He says, uh, uh, verse 9, so I was great. I was great. There wasn't nobody like me. And so he seeks out to uh, try to find out what life is all about. And he's going to see if it's all about laughter. He's going to see if it's all about uh, women. He's going to see if it's all about money. Uh, he's going to try to figure out what life is all about. Uh, verse 2, he said, I said of laughter, it is mad and a mirth, what doeth it? So he tried, uh, first of all, he tried uh, laughter, feeling good, uh, stay around something funny all the time. Uh, maybe that's what life is all about. He found out pretty quick that it wasn't. Uh, life is more than feeling good. If you don't believe that, ask Robin Williams. If you don't believe that, ask Jonathan Winters, who suffered numerous mental breakdowns before he died. If you don't believe that, ask Jackie Gleason that on everything I ever seen him doing, that he always said if he could just find out what life is all about. Uh, now laughter's good. We all like it. The Bible doesn't say it's bad. The Bible said, A merry heart doeth good like a mess in Proverbs 17 and 22. But something you need to remember and there's several people in here that'll know this. Messing seldom ever cures anything. It just makes it a little better. That's why laughter. You got problems, get around, laugh some, have a big time, makes it a little better. But it don't cure it. Uh, you still got the same problems when you get done. You still got the same problems. Uh, messing, what does it do? Uh, well, it stops your pain for a little while. But it's coming back, right? 
laughter and merriment, they go hand in hand. You can overdose on messing. And you can overdose on laughter. All of life can't be a big joke. It can't all be a big time. You've got to have a balance. And people that try to make laughter a big joke and a big time, they usually wind up taking their life. And uh, I have a lot of friends, and uh, some of them, uh, I mean, they, they keep you rolling on, on, all the time, just laughing, funny things. You like to be around folks like that. But almost every one of them, without exception, suffered from bad depression. As long as they're around you laughing, everybody's laughing, it's fine. But when they got home by themselves, depression set in. Uh, so Solomon's tried to find out if it was all about laughter, and it wasn't. Uh, and then he said, I'm going to give, uh, it's mad of laughter. He said, it is mad, and of mirth, what doeth it? He said, I sought in my heart to give myself to wine. So he said, well, life ain't about all about laughter. Uh, so it must be about wine. And so he gave himself uh, to wine, and uh, the Bible says. And uh, Solomon had a lot of vineyards and stuff. We'll get into that probably a little bit later on tonight or next week one, so he probably was able to make his own wine. But many a young man has given their life to wine and drink and has never got it back. You gotta be careful what you give your life to. You might not get it back. You ever notice when you go into these, uh, these, uh, uh, see outside the window in these bars that we got all over town now. A lot of times they have a sign hanging in the window, or they have a uh, something there, and uh, maybe even inside a, a store they'll have a an aisle there and they'll say spirits. Don't call it liquor, they say spirits. And you say, why? Because that stuff affects your spirits. Uh, years ago, they started calling it a disease. And I've gotten uh, hot water several times uh, over this statement of somebody is alcoholic or uh, their daddy was alcoholic. And they say, well, uh, uh, that's a disease. Well, no, the Bible calls it a sin. And uh, I feel sorry for folks, you know, that have it. Uh, but my daddy was an alcoholic. I'm not. I could have been. You say, why aren't you? Well, the Lord got my life back together and I wanted to go in a different direction. Uh, we're all born with an Adamic nature. We're all born with that in us. But we don't have to let it take over us. Someone said years ago, uh, and we can't make this statement anymore, they said if, if alcohol, if it is a sickness, it's the only sickness the federal government gives a license to spread it and okays you to legally get it when you get 21 years old. Now, we can't say that anymore uh, because I think the federal government spreads a lot of things. And uh, I don't know what we wouldn't better when we just had the moonshiners making it. And uh, things didn't get better when the government took it over. It got worse. But the only thing was when the moonshiners were making it, they didn't get any money out of it. So the government seen there was a lot of money in it, so they started putting people in jail as making it, and then they started making it themselves. And now we got the same thing going on with drugs, marijuana, dope. Uh, they're wanting to legalize it, make it where you can get it. Uh, not good. Uh, if you look here in verse 4, Solomon said, So I made me great works, I built me houses, I planted me vineyards. Uh, Solomon found out that life wasn't all about wine, wealth, and women. It's not about that. I've got up here on, on this pulpit, I've got a, uh, I don't know if Caleb's ever noticed or not, I've never had anybody mention it, but it's been on there for a long time. It said, pass to run for a preacher. Fear of men, and then I wrote on out from that, or women, merely imitating, 
pride, laziness, money, and women. Uh, there's five things that get a lot of people. And that's what got Solomon. Uh, he, he went, he done all of that. Uh, you notice here in verse 4, uh, we notice that now he found out it wasn't in that, so he said, I'm going to make me great works. Notice the word I down through there. I counted some 23 times the word I is used. It jumps off the page at you. Don't you see that? All the way down through the rest of the chapter, that I just jumps off the page at you. Well, that's pride. That's pride. He said in verse 9, So I was great. No, you wasn't great. You were a whoremonger, an alcoholic, and a lot of other things we could say. You wasn't great. And a lot of people the world thinks great is not so great. Muhammad Ali, uh, you remember what he used to say? I am the greatest. My mom met him one time at uh, Louisville Airport. And it so startled her, she said she didn't know what to say. And said all she could think of was, God bless you, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> well, that wasn't a bad thing to say. Uh, I guess it would have been better if, he'd said, if she'd said, Muhammad bless you, because he's a Muslim. But Muhammad Ali got on an airplane one time, and they hit some turbulence. And the uh, stewardess come back to where he was and said, Put your seatbelt on, sir. He said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. And the wise waiter said, Superman don't need no airplane either. <laughs> Solomon's playing a dangerous game. He set out on trying a little bit of everything. Dangerous. There's a lot of things in this world that you wouldn't meant to try. And you'll be wise if you'll limit and let God lead you into what you do try and what you don't try. But now Solomon's going to try it all. Now he was David's son. Uh, he was the king of Israel. Uh, he winds up with some good things at the end, but he had to go through, you know what, to find these things out. And all he had on the beginning was a bunch of worldly wisdom. But at the end, like a lot of us, at the end, he got some heavenly wisdom. He said, how do you know that? Because when he got down to the end of the book, he said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. So he says, uh, I found out what life's all about. Fear God. Obey God. Keep His commandments. And... Uh, you won't get much better than that on what life is all about. Now notice he says, uh, he, in all of this, he says uh, in verse uh, 4, I made me great works, I built me houses, I planted me vineyards, I made me gardens and orchards, I planted trees and all of kinds of fruit, I made me pools of water, uh, I got me servants, I gathered me silver. Uh, notice all them, he said, I did it. I did it. A lot of times when people say, I did it, somebody else did it. Solomon didn't plant no vineyards. He's the king. Uh, Solomon, uh, he didn't do no great works and plant vineyards and, and make gardens and orchards. and He didn't dig no pools of water. He didn't do none of that. Somebody else did it. But a lot of times, uh, especially people with a pride problem, uh, they forget to clue, include all the others that actually did the work. That's what, that's what Solomon did. Uh, God uh, uh, said He planted, He built, in actuality, uh, He hadn't done any of it. God must have been really been in all of this, right? For Him to have all this, God must have really been in all this. You see, that's the way we think. We think because something's big, it's better. We think because something's more, it's greater. Look at what your Bible says over in 1 Timothy chapter number 6. And look at verse 6. 
Well, verse 5, look at verse 5. Verse 4, look at verse 4. He talks about somebody, he said, He is proud, knowing nothing, but dotting about questions and strifes of word, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmising, perverse, disputing of man, corrupt minds, destitute of the truth. Watch it. Supposing that gain is godliness. Just because it's gain does not mean it's godly. Now in the Old Testament, God blessed people with material things. Abraham was rich. Lot was rich. Uh, uh, Joseph was rich. In the Old Testament, God's blessings were seen in material things. In the New Testament, God's blessings are seen in spiritual things. You don't see a lot of rich people in the New Testament with worldly things, but you take that Apostle Paul, he had nothing, but man was he rich. You take the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't even have a penny to pay his uh, to preach a sermon with or to pay his taxes, but man, did he have it all. Uh, so gain is not always godliness. And we still live with that in our present world. We think if something's big, if there's a lot there, it must be of God. It might be, but it don't always mean it's of God. Uh, supposing that gain is godliness, he said, but contentment, uh, contentment with godliness, watch it, is great gain. You say, what's that mean? Well, if, if we can ever get content with some, with some things in our life, it would be a great gain. Talking about spiritual, I'm not talking about spiritual things. I'm talking about uh, possessions and worldly things. Uh, if we could be satisfied. And the world and the devil and the flesh works hard to make sure we don't get satisfied. But if we can get satisfied just to have a, just to have a place to live, have some food to eat, our bills are paid, our health is decent, and more importantly than all of it, we know God. Amen. And God knows us. Great gain. Uh, the Bible said. Uh, so uh, Solomon had servants. He had maids. Uh, he got into livestock, raising cattle, all that. The Bible said in verse 8, he had silver and gold. Uh, he got into collecting things. Why do we do that? We always get into collecting things, don't we? I remember a lady one time I went in her house and she collected thimbles. Had thousands of them. Uh, us men, you know, we usually collect knives. And uh, we probably pack one all our life and the rest of them is locked up. We die, somebody else gets them, they start collecting. We always got something we collect. I don't know what it is, but we're always trying to collect something. We all got a collection. I don't have much collection of uh, got I got several knives. People have given me over the years and bought some, this, that, and the other. And a few years ago, uh, Corey, he's always like Christmas. He starts in about October talking about it. And uh, he told us, uh, his mama asked him what he wanted for Christmas, and he said, oh, I don't want nothing. Just give me Daddy's knives. She said, he wants your knives. I said, he ain't getting my knives. I said, I might give him some of them, but he ain't, he ain't getting my, my knives. Uh, but we all got something we collect. Solomon was that way. Uh, he collected, uh, uh, the Bible said he, co he collected peculiar treasures. And my collection mounts to a little box, about that little wooden box I bought at a flea market. And uh, some boys, I think, had made it a little wooden box. It's about that wide, about that wide, about that thick, about that tall. And all my peculiar treasures are in that one little box. If I died and anybody else opened it, they'd probably just throw it in the garbage. Uh, but it's special to me. 
and uh, I preached in revival up in um, Anderson, Indiana years ago. And there was an old boy that'd come every night, sit on the front row, and he liked me, I liked him. You know, people like you, you like them, you know. People like my preaching, I like theirs. Uh, that's just the way we are. You don't like mine, I don't like yours. <clears throat> that's just the way we are. Uh, but I liked that guy, and he was a whittler. He was a whittler. And he took a block of wood about that big, start of that week, and he whittled, uh, he whittled me out a chain out of that wood. And, and uh, it's all the links are all together. He done it all, never did break the links. It's in that box. Uh, I wouldn't take nothing for it. My sister, she went over to Japan when she worked for the factory over at Edmonton. And she sent me back this little thing about that big, about that tall little Japanese thing and a Japanese Bible. And uh, I can't read it but I wouldn't take nothing for it. And uh, those are just, you know, we all got things like that. Well, the thing about us, we don't have a lot of money, so we can't collect a lot of stuff because we're limited. Solomon wasn't limited. He was the Bill Gates of his day. Uh, he, he could get anything he wanted. He says so much there in verse 10. Whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. Whatever I saw, I got it. I remember seeing Michael Jackson before he uh, died, uh, tragically died. And of course, he had all kinds of money, but what kind of life did he have? And uh, I'd say if there's uh, ever a, a poor or sad soul, I'd say it's probably that fellow right there. And he had all kinds of uh, potential and everything, but... Uh, the world got him. And I seen him, uh, uh, he had that boy living with him there right before he died or something. They went in a big old store, toy store, and uh, Michael Jackson was walking down the aisle. And I sat and watched it that night. When I seen it, I thought, that's Solomon. He said, I want that. Give me two of that. Three of that. Give me four of that. Five of that. Whatever his eyes saw and he wanted, he got it. He got it. That's the way Solomon was. Question, do you think it would be good to have everything you wanted? Why? Bill? Amen. Somebody else, why, why not? Why not get everything you want? Even if you could, you had the money. Never be content. Always want more. That's uh, why the millionaire, he always wants one more dollar. But I think one of the reasons it wouldn't be good for us is because you lack appreciation. You don't appreciate it. You ain't got much, you appreciate it. You get something new, you, you really appreciate it. Uh, take care of it. Uh, so, I think that's why a lot of the world that we live in today has a spirit of ingratitude. The Bible said in Second Timothy, First uh, Timothy three, the Bible said uh, in the last days the perilous times would come, and He said people be unthankful. Now, when we were growing up, you couldn't be unthankful. Your parents wouldn't let you. They had to, somebody give you a piece of candy or a penny, and they'd say, "What are you supposed to say?" Well, you knew what you're supposed to say, but you'd rather die than say it. But you had to say it. And uh, some of that stuck with some of us. And uh, we learn still to be thankful. When somebody does something for us, we should realize that if any good thing comes to us, God used you for the vehicle to get it to me, but God gave it to me. And I thank God for the vehicle to do it, but I thank God who sent it down to me. And uh, sometimes, you know, the blessings of the Lord get so great. You just say, Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, but I ain't thankful enough. The problem with the, with the world tonight is that they got so much they ain't thankful for anything. 
Anybody ever been to a third world country? Okay, those guys are. Those people of ours, thankfully. You know why they are? They ain't got nothing. I mean, uh, nothing. I remember when I went to Jamaica the first time, they had a, a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken there. Preacher picked me up to the airport, and we were going way up in the mountains where we were going to be staying. I wasn't going to see nobody for 11 days. And Brother Williams said, I think it would be best if we stopped and eat before we go up in the mountains. I said, sounds good to me. And he went through town and come around the corner, and lo and behold, there's a two-story Kentucky Fried Chicken. I said, it's going to be all right. I'm going to make it. Uh, but the whole time that you're eating, coming in out of the store, them Jamaican kids and stuff is pulling on you, wanting anything. Or they're wanting you to give them a bite, give them a piece of chicken. And you can't enjoy yours because you know they don't have none. And right behind, uh, right behind the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, there was a creek that run through there. I think it was a sewer is what I think it was. But it was about as big as one of our beaver creeks, something like that, a little smaller. And the dumpster sat right on the edge of that creek that run right behind the KFC, and that's where they throwed all the garbage. And uh, I remember coming out and looking down there, and I remember seeing them Jamaicans standing there going through them old chicken boxes, seeing if they could find anything that still had a little bit of meat on it. And uh, I went down to the jail because uh, none of, we had 25 preachers that went, but none of them had ever uh, done any straight preaching. And they found out I had, so they said, we want you to, uh, to preach and we'll sing for you. So we went down to the market and uh, one morning, and uh, it's just kind of a centralized thing, and it's the open market, and people go and buy what they want. So I started preaching, and they sung some, and I started preaching, and there was a, a beer truck that pulled up right in front of me, and it was on an angle. And uh, any of you guys that drank, used to drink, you remember them little kings? Well, Sammy come right in on that, didn't he? <laughs> well, that's what it was. They called it something else, but it's them little old green bottles. So I'm standing out there preaching. This is the truth I ever told it. He had that thing parked on a on an incline, and it was glass bottles. And they just started sliding off and busting, and the whole one side fell off in the street and busted. And uh, I didn't know what was going to happen after that, but it turned out uh, it turned out all right. Uh, but just you know, a lot of stuff like that. Uh, I remember uh, one of the things I remembered: you go down the store, and they had what we call an Eskimo pie what we call here, but you know ours are about like that. I'm not kidding. These were this big. They were round. And they were that thick. And they were a nickel. And uh, I ate several of them. <laughs> but you know, when you're not Max Helen said when I left, she said, you better take you some coffee. I said, oh, I don't need no coffee. I said, Jamaica's is fa it's famous for coffee. They have all kinds of coffee. We got up there first morning. I said, well, you want to drink, Brother Prophet? I said, I'll have coffee. They said, we don't drink coffee. And they didn't. They drank uh, the Malto meal like we drank around here. That's what they drank for breakfast. So by uh, the first week into the next week Brother Williams said I'm going to the grocery store do you want to go with me I said yeah so we went down there and he said is there anything you want I said I'd love to have some coffee and I bought a little old jar of Maxwell House coffee no bigger than that instant coffee and uh, I made me some the next morning it was the best coffee I ever drunk I appreciate it so much you know why because I didn't, hadn't had none and uh, we're not very appreciative because we all have so much. Uh, but I'm not saying the Lord's got to take everything away from us. We just need to...
we just need to be more thankful for what we have and make sure we uh, give proper thanks to who it goes to. Okay, so Solomon in verse 11, uh, Solomon said, uh, Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. So Solomon was saying, I went through wine, I went through women, I went through wealth, I went through collecting things, uh, I went through music. He said, I went through all this but I still have not found the answer of what I was looking for in verse 3 when he said what was, what was good for the sons of man. He's looking for the answer of what would really be good. He had not found it in wine, wealth, or women. And all of those things that he sought it for, and the reason he didn't find it, does anybody know why all those things he sought it for? Wasn't the right thing. But the answer is, they were all under the sun. You can never find out the purpose of life and what it's all about and what we're supposed to do looking under the sun. Uh, you got to look above the sun. Revelations 5, the Bible says that, uh, that we were created for His pleasure. That's why we're made, for God's pleasure. So you got any pleasure out of you today? Did he, did he hear you pray? That gives God pleasure. Say you're reading your Bible, that gives God pleasure. Doing an act of kindness, something, somebody. One thing I'm, I'm terrible about, and I've been trying for a couple of years to get better about it, but when I do something for somebody, when I give something to somebody, you need to say, this is in Jesus' name. Because otherwise, it just looks like it's me. And if it was just me, they wouldn't be getting nothing. Because we, the flesh, uh, the inward man, we want to keep it all for ourselves. And the reason that we give is because we've been born again and we're somewhat like our Father. He's a giver. God so loved the world, He gave. God loveth a cheerful giver. You know why God loves a cheerful giver? Because He's like Him. Jesus said, and you can't find it nowhere where He said it, but it's wrote in the Corinthians that He did say it. He said, it's better to give than to receive. And the way that works is, it's better to be going visiting a sick person than to be the sick person that's getting visited. It's better to give than to be the one standing on the street corner trying to get somebody to give. Better to give than to receive. So uh, Solomon, uh, it's, he's, uh, he's kind of now, he's come to the end of all this. He's kind of looking at the work that he's done. And he says it's all vanity. Uh, there's no profit in it. Uh, it's all gone. It's all a waste of time. Well, that now he's getting into kind of like a, a fatalist outlook on life. Uh, he's saying none of it's any good. Well, that's not true. Uh, that's not true. Uh, I spent 23 years at a factory, on a, working on a factory. Everything I've done for 23 years is gone. The magazines are gone. Uh, the machines are gone. Many of the people are gone. Uh, it's all gone. But I can't say it was no good. Paid my house off. Fed my kids. Put clothes on their back. Got them through school. I couldn't say there wasn't no good in it. I met a lot of friends. Uh, had some good spiritual experiences uh, doing that. Learned a lot of things. And uh, my Social Security checks a little bit better. Because I worked them 23 years. So we can't say like Solomon, there's no profit in it. But we can say like Timothy, it profits a little. A little. The real, real main profit comes from above the sun, doesn't it? 
Uh, that's where it comes from. So you're the same way. So, you know, you can look, you can start looking back on life after you retire and the job's gone, people's gone. Uh, your life really is gone because that was the life you lived for 20 or 30 years. It's gone. And if you're not careful, you can live the rest of your life in depression looking back. But you're still here. Life's not over. If it was over, you wouldn't be here. You'd be up there. So even though your life is different now than what it was, you still have a life and you need to make the best of it that you can for the glory of God. Uh, so we don't never need to get... Uh, I know it happens because we're human and uh, I know the world's getting worse and worse and it's easy to get more depressed and more depressed. But we need to do like my friend Bill Ledbetter. I never talked to him one time when he called me that before he hung up he didn't say, alright brother Rick, we'll talk to you later. Keep looking up. That's what he always said. Keep looking up. So you and I, we need to do like that old song says and keep on the sunny side. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, uh, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Try not to dwell on the past. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind me. You can't live in the past. Because you're not there anymore, you're in the present, headed to the future. And you'll be one miserable person if you try to live back there in what used to be. Because it used to be, but it ain't going to ever be no more. It's like walking down the aisle at 12th grade, senior graduation. It's like walking down the aisle and graduating, but... Always keep looking back. There's always a few in every class that do that. They never grow up. They just try to keep living, you know, in their senior life. Just kind of keep doing that. Now, I love uh, the people I went to school with. I love them and all like that. And glad for the time we had together. But that's 40 years ago. I got a new life now. Those people don't want to see me. You say, how you know? You've seen them around here? Everybody in Glasgow knows where I'm at three times a week. They don't want to see me. I don't want to see them. I love them. But it's a whole different life now. A lot of time has come between that. I've got new friends now. I've got a new life now. You're the same way. So you can't live in the past. Uh Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind, I press on going forward. All right, let me get one more verse. Verse 12, uh, Solomon said his wisdom remained in verse 9. He said, my wisdom remained. Now notice this, even though Solomon got worldly, he got backslid, he got away from God, God didn't take his wisdom away from him. Now Solomon was a smart man, worldly-wise, and he was real smart heavenly-wise before he got out of this world. But here's something you need to know. Just because you mess up don't mean God's going to take it away from you. The Bible said the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. What's that mean? That means God don't take them back. So if 20 years ago I decided to I knew, I'd made my call to an election, sure. I knew God had called me to preach. I knew that's what I was supposed to be doing. And 20 years into it, I got messed up or whatever, and I said, I ain't going to preach no more, and I didn't. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. I would still have to answer for God at the judgment for what I could have done had I not quit. Don't ever forget that. That's true of teaching, singing, whatever you might do. Just because you quit it don't mean it's over. If God gave you a gift, you're still going to be responsible for what you could have done with that gift had you went on all the way with it. So that's why Solomon's, uh, his wisdom remains. See, a lot of this stuff Solomon knew better. I mean, anybody knows better than to have... 700 concubines and 300 wives. 
Anybody would know better than that if they ever had one. But he done it anyway. Solomon knew better than than to get hooked in alcohol. He knew better than that, but he done it anyway. See, a lot of times it ain't that we ain't got the wisdom. It's just that we push it aside and we do what we want to do and not what God wanted to do. Uh, now let's close by going to James tonight, book of James. And, uh, and we see the two kinds of wisdom here that Solomon had in James 3 and verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness and wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom, this is earthly wisdom, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. Those three words will sum up all that Solomon's done in chapter 2. For where envy and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Here's what Solomon got at the end of it. But the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So there's two kinds of wisdom in the world. There's worldly wisdom and there's heavenly wisdom. Uh, Solomon had the earthly, messed him up bad because he didn't use it right. It would've, he would have done better if he'd used his earthly wisdom in the way he really knew that was best, but he didn't. But he ended up with some heavenly wisdom before he left, uh, left this world. Uh, so, amen. All right, let's stop there.